Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Socially Distant Tea Time. I'm Caitlin Magreus, founder of Be Her Village. This is Laura Otten, licensed clinical social worker and maternal mental health specialist, and Evelyn Page, licensed clinical social worker and maternal mental health specialist. <laughs> There's got to be a better way to do this introduction. Yeah. <laughs> we'll figure it out. We'll work on it. So in our Socially Distant Tea Time sessions, we talk about all things quarantine, all things pandemic, and all things working from home with small children. And mostly because all three of us are doing that. <laughs> it comes up organically. So today is very interesting because on Long Island, we're reopening today. And we can hear a siren in the background. Yeah, I know, that's very <laughs> ominous. <laughs> like, we're reopening, ooh, the sirens are coming, the apocalypse is here. Um, it's, for me, I'm curious to hear about you guys, but for me, the, the quote unquote reopening does not affect my life in the slightest way. Literally nothing is changing for me. Mm -hmm. How about for you guys? Yeah, um, I, things are kind of just the same here as well for me, so. Yeah, personally, the same though, I, I was going to bring that up this week because I've, and I feel it too, just trying to make plans. And so many of the moms I work with are trying to figure out with their partners, okay, where we stand, because now we're seeing people going to the beach, we're seeing people having play dates or including some family members. And I have moms who are like, I'm not there yet, but I want to be there. And then others who are like, I want to be there. Maybe we can be there. I don't know what to do. And Evelyn, you can echo this as well of like, we're, that's not our function is to say what someone should be doing in any capacity, much less in a pandemic or medical situation. Mm -hmm. But um, it is a matter of communication with the partner and trying to figure out risk versus benefit and what's a reasonable risk to take versus something that isn't worth the risk. I mean, those are things of just motherhood, right? Mm -hmm. We face risk all the time with um, birth and with our babies and our children and trying to figure out that balance is tricky. So I've been helping my moms with a lot of that weighing of the scales. Yeah, I, I mean, I can just share my own family's experience. Um, so me and my mother have, and my father, I see them separately, they're divorced, will come and socially distance visit. We've done that since the beginning. So they'll just come and sit in the backyard or sit in the front yard and the kids won't go near them. We won't hug hello or kiss hello. And we have a visit and then everyone moves on. And my mother wanted to see uh, my niece for my brother's daughter for her birthday. And it was a really interesting dynamic some things, does, it doesn't change. Like the things that mothers are trying to figure out with their six month old, like she was trying to navigate this with her 39 year old. So like it was, it was interesting how it's not all that much changes from early parenthood to late parenthood. But essentially she said, I would like to come and I would like to sit in the backyard and he lives in New Jersey. So it'd be a trip, you know? And he was adamant that she was not to come because, and the reason he gave, um, and I would imagine a lot of people are handling things like this. Like he was socially distancing with his friends, responsibly seeing people, but with his mama, he didn't mm -hmm. want any risk that he or his family were the ones that got her sick if she got sick. Like they, he just wanted to be completely guilt-free. And on our Zoom family happy hour, I was like, well, Chris, like I hear you and I get it, but oh, Chris is my brother. Um, 
but she's an adult, you know, and like you have to treat her like an adult. You have to let her have her own risk assessment and let her make the decision. And so there's, there's no clear answers. That was just my take on it. And I told him, like, I felt like he was with lots of love in his heart. He was a little bit being disrespectful to her because he wasn't letting her have the autonomy to make her own decision and make her own uh, choices about this. So there's no right or wrong, but I would imagine that many family members, both partners for their own children, um, but also, you know, seeing the grandparents seems to be like a, a big question because of them being in the higher risk group, right, that we're hearing of. I mean, everybody's at risk. I'm not trying to downplay that, but the grandparents are typically of grandparent age and in this age group that we're told if they get it, it could be really, really, it could be fatal. It could be really awful. So yeah, it's interesting. <laughs> I would imagine a lot of people are having difficult conversations with no clear right or wrong. Yeah. yeah there's kind of a lot of navigating between everybody's different comfort levels with different kinds of risk. Right. And so we're all kind of evaluating that like for ourselves, with our partners, for our kids, and it gets a little tricky. There's not, like we said, there's no like right or wrong answer. There's no like clear answer. Mm -hmm. So it, it becomes, I think, a source of tension for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. yeah. And so emotionally loaded because you mentioned that with grandparents, but we want to see grandparents for the emotional support they give, childcare purposes, like raise your hand, you know, yeah. raising mine. Like, um, so there are all of these, like the, the desires there, or, uh, you know, if you're watching your friends all have play dates and you feel left out of that, or your kid really wants to go to camp this summer, but is camp even happening? And is it changing week by week? And so the, and I voraciously read any article I can get my hands on about this from experts of like, okay, so no one has the answer to give you, which is frustrating and difficult, mm -hmm. but there are steps to take to come to a decision. And again, this is true for any difficult decision you're making as a parent. Um, and it involves your partner and it involves the other party. So like she's comfortable doing that, but he needs to get the okay with it too. And mm -hmm. um, like, being able to, you know, one of my biggest recommendations is allowing yourself to make the better decision at the time based on the information you have at that time. Because so often I've been hearing, well, if I had known that, I would have done something different. It's like, but you didn't know that. And we are finding out more information all the time, but we can't think about, well, what information will we have in August? I need to use that magical information I don't have to make a decision now, but looking at now of like, okay, this is what I do know. So I need to make a decision based on that and, and the way those what ifs and maybe though, like your, your brother wants to be guilt free and you'll never be truly guilt free in all of this where we take a risk every day by just being out in the world. And of course we would love to live like that, but, but we can't, there's always going to be a risk. Yeah, he definitely Knowing feels that. like it. Sorry, Evelyn. He no. feels like it's specifically about our parents. I think he gets a little insulated too because he's in Jersey. So they're at my house. I live down the block from them, you know, and it, it's like a very different, but you're right. Anywhere you go, there's risk everywhere. Sorry, Evelyn, what were you going to say? Yeah, no, I was just going to say with, you know, what you were saying, Laura, I think it's like we're, we can only make those decisions based on what we know right now. And it's okay if we make a different decision next week mm -hmm. as we get more information or we learn more things. Like, you know, the decision that we make today doesn't have to stand forever. 
So it, it's okay to, to kind of, if you learn more or, you know, something in, in you or your, with your partner changes, um, it's okay to, to make a different decision next time. I know that's how I'll be. I mean, we're re you know, reopening kind of today. I will be living a different life at the end of June than I am right now if the numbers keep going down. Like I can, I know that, but if numbers change, I'm going to be making different decisions with my partner. And so I'm not, I'm really trying to stay in the present. Okay, like this is our week, this is our day. Um, and are we going to change our behavior today or not? And not project so much into the future as much as that's possible. Because Evelyn, you're right, it, it's going to change, but we can change our decision. We can go forward or we can back off a little bit. It's nothing set in stone. So just really good, diving off point of what you just said, Lori, you said we should, we should stay in the present moment. I know that's very good for people who are anxious and perseverating. And so we should stay in the present moment. However, I feel like we have to address, this is like something that's riling me up a little bit that we have no idea. And you guys have smaller kids, but I, you have kids in daycare, right? So we have no idea what school and daycare settings will look like in September. And on top of that, women are the ones that are going to bear the brunt. And I say that as a very general thing, but it's just the truth. truth. Women as on the larger scale are going to bear the brunt. Women are the ones that if, oops, sorry. Hold up. Trying to get back to Zoom. Okay, there you are. Um, sorry, in the middle of a thought. So women, I was in the middle of a great rant, Ashley, if you watch this later. <laughs> She's calling me. It's my birthday, actually. She's calling me to wish me. Oh, happy. I know yeah. it's your birthday. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Thank you so much. Um, I was on. The, I was on like a customer support chat with some people where they were like, "Hi, how are you?" You know, and I was like, "Really great. It's my birthday." <laughs> I'm five years old. I was basically like that's what I turned into because it's my freaking birthday. Like I want a birthday hat and I want to blow out my candles. Which, side note on the pandemic, like blowing out candles I like what I ended up doing is I picked it up and I like blew it off the cake because you don't want to blow on a it's gonna like I would imagine that mm -hmm. tradition might be something our kids don't I don't know I don't know it might change we watched a movie last night and a character like um tried to whistle and blew like spit all in someone's face and I immediately was like coronavirus yeah like <laughs> and like it was hard to watch yeah, yeah. we oh, had I saw close to each other yeah extended family actually like you know took pictures and videos and had masks on for somebody's birthday and then they use hair dryers to blow out the candles hair dryers. Oh, somebody that's said that. I could have just used like a piece of paper but I like it wasn't something, you know, we take all these precautions and then you don't think of like, oh, I'm going to give them a piece of this cake, you know, it right. was just very, it was a very yeah. little, it was a little bit of like a oh, moment, you know, because yeah. it's like, we're all, everything's, everything seems normal when we socially distance, except the initial, like not hugging. I'm a hugger. I like to hug people. Mm -hmm. I like to, you know, that point of contact feels good. It really sets the tone. It, it's nice. Um, but everything else feels normal until you get those little reminders. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so I feel like back to what I was saying before that there's all these unknowns about what school will look like. And I know I, we've talked about my, my just feelings about masks and my apprehension surrounding them. My apprehension I, for myself, it's fine. I wear them now if I go to the store, which is really rare, but 
I cannot imagine a time or a place where my kids are masked in school all day. Um, and that's separate. Those are like, just for the record, that's separate from my understanding that masks are helpful in preventing, like my scientific intellectual brain is not anti-mask. My emotional heart where I want my children to have a normal experience absolutely hates masks and I cannot imagine them wearing them. However, I'm faced with this issue of like, if, if I'm uncomfortable with what the school decides is the safest way to open up, I'm the one that's going to bear the brunt of that. My husband is going to be working. He's the breadwinner and he's, he's got to go in if they ask him to go in. And so this, I think that's probably the situation for not all, but most women where their work, their work either gets sacrificed or they somehow have to figure out how to, how to handle working while like keeping an eye on a kid or the woman is the one that has to scramble for childcare. And I think it just needs to be talked about a little bit because all I see are mom groups. Like, what's it going to be? What are we going to do? Who's going to work? Who's going to send their kid? But like, are dads asking those questions? I don't, I don't think they're asking them in the same way of what the school policy is will affect my ability to work or the quality of work or the time I can work. Like we were talking about getting a babysitter here for the summer if my husband works, even if it's virtual, because if we're both working, we can't. And like, my dad, bless his heart. He's like the one that raised me to be as strong as I am and to do all the things and to take risks and to, you know, and he's like, why can't you work after? I was like, because, because I don't want to work on my business after a full day of watching children. I'm exhausted after a full day. It's not like watching them, like you're just sitting on your butt, like it's going yeah. to the beach, it's going to the pool, it's playing, it's games, it's, oh my it's God. work. It's so much work, but I feel like it's a little bit like invisible work and nobody's talking about how hard Childcare is, and yeah. it mostly falls on women. So. Mm -hmm. Well, it's it's impossible, and that the leaning into career and children and family and being superwoman is um, that's such a myth. So leaning in and doing all of it, but there are sacrifices, and there's a matter of you know before this there was really that a health, I, I do feel like you could get a healthy balance of I've sacrificed X, Y, and Z, but I'm accepting that and I'm comfortable with that. This has thrown that out the window. And there was a commercial I saw on Mother's Day that was like, it seems impossible to be, and it listed, you know, the 15 different roles that mom plays every day, but you've done it. And, and I just was like, no, <laughs> she's, she's drowning in all of those job titles. She feels like she's not doing any of those job titles the 100% the way that she wants to be doing it. And the expectation that she should be doing it is completely unfair because it's not on the dads. The dads right now, you know, if, if people are lucky enough to be working right now, which, you know, tens of millions of people aren't, mm -hmm. um, the job comes first for the dad and there's no question for that. And for the mom, and I'm, I'm in the same boat of, you know, husband being the breadwinner of my career being on the back burner and the kids coming first in that case. And as far as the fall goes, <laughs> we can't plan because there are no plans right now. So you can talk about, okay, this is our plan A and B and C, but now we just have to wait and be comfortable with, just having to wait. So we have to be comfortable, that. Laura. I disagree with you. <laughs> Rant and rave and then get to a place of acceptance. Like, like I guess, I, you, you know, know my mantra. 
throw a tantrum, like be upset about it. I get upset when I think about the fall, like that's when I have my moments of anxiety is when I'm thinking about the fall. I will deal with that when it comes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I will deal with that when it comes and I will have moments where I need to vent and be upset about it. And I reach out to my supports when I'm feeling that way yeah. because don't squash how you're feeling. Um, but then it is, how can you plan if you don't have all the information and you right. don't have all the information? So kind of playing yourself off the hook too. Right. Because it becomes this thing where you're just wasting energy. That's how I feel when I get into these like anxious spirals, which doesn't happen often, but it's happened quite a bit during the pandemic. Like when my husband had coronavirus, I would just sit there and look at him and like envision him being on a ventilator in two weeks. And like, while that maybe felt immediately good, it also felt awful, but it was the only thing I could do, but it also just made me feel terrible and there was nothing productive of it. And I think that's part of what happens, right? It's like, it, it, we have no knowledge, but we know it's something we're all going to have to handle, you know, when they come out with whatever regulations they come out with. But talking to your partner about lifting more of the load and hopefully he or she, likely a he, you know, we're kind of talking about it as fathers, um, to advocate for himself with work of saying, I've got X number of kids and my wife also works. So I have to balance that. So I'm not saying that every job is secure enough for him to speak up. Um, but I think more, if more dads speak up about that, that could be a lasting change here of saying, I'm, I'm a dad too. Like I'm, and, and because so much of that is invisible for them and it can be invisible for them because they can hide it. Whereas often as women with, especially during pregnancy, we cannot hide it. Maternity leave, mm -hmm. we cannot hide it. Um, so if more dads speak up and say, I can't on Wednesday afternoons or I can't um, have a meeting at that time, it'll become more acceptable. And I'm hoping that that does lead to some lasting changes. So the balance of that is a little more fair between men and women. Definitely. I mean, I do feel um, pretty privileged in the sense that um, my husband has kept himself out of work um, as much as they've tried to push because he's really been amazing at supporting me and my, my business. Because um, if he goes to work, I can't work like that's just the the reality of it I can't do therapy you know with two kids running around in the background um so he's really been kind of you know an advocate at his job to be you know, he's not the only one with small children you know as much as some of the people are kind of wanting people to come back into the office he's like you can't can't expect to do that because both people are working and childcare has not been resolved you know and it's not fair to make one person one parent go in at the you know at the detriment of somebody else's career too so it's you know it's still you know a lot of discussions and negotiations i think it's also helpful that he and i talk about it a lot so that um we're on the same page so that you know whatever worries or things that are going on are kind of out on the table and i agree like we can't plan for the fall we're kind of a lot of times it feels like we're just planning like week to week because that's that's as far as we could, you know, in our minds realistically plan. And so and working, like you said, Laura, with a lot of the moms, it's kind of helping helping people kind of figure out, you know, what it what's okay for them. How do they have those conversations with their partners and figuring that out for their family? Um, I remember when I was a stay-at-home mom and I was breastfeeding 
we were doing things and we were, we, our income was so low and we had kids. It's like shocking that we had kids that were able to survive, but we, um, you know, we tried to quote unquote save money by doing cloth diapers and I breastfed everybody and I stayed home with them. So there's no daycare, no formula, no diapers. We really mitigated a lot of the costs, but, um, that was my mentality. And then I saw this meme or somebody has this quote that just struck a chord in me and it said, breast, breast milk is only free if you don't value women's time. And I was like, yeah, because it's just free labor. And that, you know, I'm not trying to like make anyone feel bad or, or good or anything about that, but it just like so shifted. Like my thinking was I'm going to save my family money because this is free. Um, But the idea that breast milk is free, I think is pretty pervasive. It's like formula costs money, but but when you start really doing a cost analysis of like, well, a woman who stays in her job and stays, you know, upward movement, stays in the workforce, makes hundreds of thousands of dollars more over the course of her lifetime because she's not stepping out at the peak of her career. I mean, there's studies and there's like, this is a huge issue that women are coming out of the, there's a mom, there's a mom penalty. You become a mother, you leave um, the the job force, you then re-entering is not so easy, right? It's like you lose your skills, you lose your relevance, you lose your connections, and you lose all the salary that you would have made um, had you stayed. But so the idea that breast milk is this free thing when you're actually the real cost, it's almost like I want to make like a diagram of like the iceberg, you know, it's like this is the breast milk that's free. And then here are all the costs that are actually associated with it. And I think if we really valued women's work and women's time, um, both in the workplace, but also the work that we're doing at home and the the care that we're providing for children, we would all really feel different. So, uh, you know, I think what we can do, certainly on the micro scale is, like you guys are saying, is have those conversations and, and have those conversations from that point of view that the work we do is valuable, whether it's in the office or home with the children, that there has to be some sort of agreement and like, foundational understanding of that of that worth when you look at at decisions that you make as a family mm-hmm. regarding mm-hmm. all of this yeah and the value it gives to society um caregiving and as we get older and we become the sandwich generation of also taking care of our parents which falls mainly on the women um as well as you know adolescent teenage kids um often you're stuck in you know the sandwich Um, but how valuable that is and what that gives to society and to the community to have these women, mostly women taking care of children and and the elderly um, is is so valuable to everyone. So it's not just valuable for the family, Mm -hmm. but also for the whole community. And right now that plays into this as well. It's like, am I helping my community out by making decisions about social distancing and saying no to certain things to keep people safe. And what can I be doing to help out the healthcare workers and all the essential workers? Um, Because we are connected in this. We are, absolutely. And this is not where this needs to go, but I feel like it needs to be stated that like at, at the very least on Long Island, there is not a universal acceptance that that is what we need to do, that we need to stay socially distanced, that we need to wear masks, that we need to not harm members of the community. And it's, it's a really interesting time to be alive and it's a really interesting time to be alive on Long Island, I think in particular, because we have such a diverse political landscape and a diverse um, 
I don't know how else to describe it, but we have, I mean, there's people like crowding bars, you know, on Long Island and it's not even, nothing's even supposed to be open yet. So it's, uh, it's, it's unfortunate that that take that you just described is not the, uh, the accepted standard, but absolutely. I think that we need to look at, at what we're doing and what women are contributing on the whole for sure. And we do have to take that when we see that, take that deep breath and we cannot control other people. And we, if you find yourself saying, if only they, if only that person, you know, then everything would be okay. Like that's not helpful. So it goes back to, well, what can I do? What decisions you know what we can, can do? We can unfollow them on Facebook. Cause that's what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> that is not the time to bring in toxic. I'm like unfollow, unfollow, or at least like hide for 30 days, whatever it is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I just do not have the mental capacity to deal with people like that. So I think most of them are off my feed from a couple years ago, but, but anyone that's left. From like, almost four years ago, maybe. Perhaps, like, Absolutely. around four years ago. Um, yeah, but it is, a, it is that um, acceptance of the things we don't have control over and taking the risks that we and our partners are comfortable with and also just that deep breath of, I'm making the best decision I know how, and it might not be the right decision, but you know what? I'm doing the best I can. And doesn't that just describe mm -hmm. motherhood? Mm -hmm. Whether I'm you're the can. feeding the baby, trying to figure out the sleep for the baby. Um, you know, I just gave a talk to the fourth trimester group um, at the nesting place. And so these are all women with little three week olds and one month olds mm -hmm. and they're in the thick of it. I'm like, Oh my God. So every day they're trying to make the best decision for this little thing. And they're making a million decisions every day to try and do what's best. And, you know, you just want to give each and every one of them a big hug, which I can't which do. Can. Yeah. But they, they like, you know what? Anyone. They need hugs and yeah. they need to be told, you know what, you're doing the best you can and you're doing a great job. And can we all say that to ourselves right now and acknowledge that this is hard and, and we really are doing a great job with this. We are. We're amazing. Yeah. <laughs> write it on a post-it and like, just stick it on your mirror. Like, so you see it every morning. I'm doing the best that I can. Yeah. Oh, I like that. That's a good spot to end. We are doing the best we can. <laughs> Excellent. Thank you guys so much for joining us and I'll see you next week. Thank you.